I'm Cray Beaumont Flynn. Welcome to Beyond the Design, a show that gives you a peek behind the curtain of the design industry and shares the stories of those that are the driving force behind it. Well, welcome to Beyond the Design today. We have Ryan White. Good afternoon, Ryan. Hey, how are you? Good. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is uh, this is actually my first podcast. So wow. you're taking my <laughs> my podcast virginity. So this is very exciting. <laughs> Oops! Don't tell me. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know where to go from there. But anyway, tell us about your story and getting into the design industry, uh, Ryan. Great. Um, so I've had my design firm, Ryan White Designs, for the last about 14 years. I moved from New York City to Los Angeles. Uh, I was an actor and a model uh, living in New York for about seven years. And before that, I was living in Montana, um, going attending university. Um, and I was scouted by some agents while on campus, which got me to New York, um, where I was able to kind of find this new-filled life of... Uh, creating art in a different way between acting and modeling. And then I decided, you know, let me give this a shot in Los Angeles uh, as, as I was booking more work out in this area. Uh, quickly after I moved to LA, someone came to my home uh, for dinner party and had said, hey, look, I love your style. I love your house. Would you do our home in Malibu? And I was like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not a designer. And they're like, no, I think you are like your house is beautiful. And I always loved design and being that I was in New York surrounded by a bunch of creative people, whether it was from Ralph Lauren or Tom Ford or these people in the industry that I was kind of intimately involved with. um, I think that really was my education into this foray of really, really, really cultivated um, high end kind of luxury. Um, So I say, you know, I didn't go to school for design, but I, definitely went to some sort of design school just by the world I was living in, uh, in New York. And then I think my sensibilities of being from Colorado and Montana really kind of, I just merged those two worlds together when I started this first project. So when they asked me to do the home in Malibu, I said, you know, this could be a fun challenge. I was 26. I thought, let me just see if this is something I like. Um, my dad owned a construction company growing up. So I was familiar a little bit in that back the behind the scenes realm of mm-hmm. design. Um, so I did the house in Malibu. It was about a ten million dollar weekend home on the beach. Uh, that house ended up getting published. I then won the um, it's called the Next Wave Design Award by House Beautiful magazine. So I thought to myself, well. Darn. I guess I got it. I, I guess maybe I should uh, maybe I should do something. And, and I really was. I was looking for a creative outlet in a different way too. I thought the modeling and acting was good, but this this felt even more um, spot on to like what I wanted for my soul. I guess mm-hmm. as an artist and as a business person, because I do consider myself equal parts business and equal parts design. So um, I did that project, which then, like I said allowed me to discover that, hey, this could be a business. Um, and I started Ryan White Designs in 2000, uh, well, 13 years ago, whenever that is. So um, 
Okay, what is that? Ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Count with my fingers. <laughs> I was almost thinking like the year I graduated high school. So, well, that doesn't sound right. Um, so yeah, so I was able to uh, jump into that world, and since then, you know, I've been able to do many beautiful projects uh, here in LA, Malibu, Beverly Hills area. Um, I'm also now doing a very, very large project in Malibu, which is about a three and a half acre compound uh, that we've been working on for a little bit over three and a half years now. And that's the completion of that will be probably around March of this new year. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was a very fun project to kind of sink my teeth into because I've been a part of it from the ground up, essentially, doing all of the architectural details, project management, um, hard surface selecting, and then interiors on top of all of that. So it's a very, I, I kind of call it my game-changing project. Um, I was able to have some really beautiful projects before this, but like I said, this was from like A to Z, uh, mm -hmm. all Ryan White Designs um, emphasis, and that I think is going to be a really fun one to show and talk about. Um, and just the whole process, I think even like filming this uh, kind of ground up project and being able to relay it through my social media platforms on Instagram, things like that, has been, I think, a fun journey for myself and for any of the people that follow me just to kind of see the process of what it takes to build a very high level uh, design project. What encompasses this compound? What's within the three and a half acres? So we have a main structure home of around 7,000 square feet. Um, there's a guest house um, with an attached uh, separate office as well. Mm -hmm. And then we've got a barn that we built. We have stables because it's a horse property. Um, and then there's a whole kind of meadow that we actually ended up putting a vintage Airstream on that we surrounded that by a really beautiful ePay deck uh, that my clients can kind of pop into during meetings. They're usually traveling all throughout the country and throughout the world. So they kind of come in for site visits and they stay in this really now beautiful, you know, Airstream that worked kind of as like a, almost a separate, a second guest house, I guess, if you will. Right. Um, and then there's some really beautiful kind of walking trails and fire pits and cool things uh, on that property. So that, like I said, is kind of going to be a fun one um, to see when it's finally complete. Um, and I'm excited to share that at that time. Is this, is this your baby? It really is. Yeah. It yeah. feels like I'm yeah, definitely giving birth <laughs> at this point, you know, um, and every day is something new, especially we're in the really big design detail stages, getting all the, um, interior stuff done but mm -hmm. selecting even like our beautiful steel and glass doors and windows and all the we have vintage reclaimed barnwood siding you know that's just there's just so much that's gone into it that is not typical for let's just say like a development project uh more or less and my clients are actually going to sell the house now because they are out of the country about eight months of the year uh but the good news is they signed on to do the project as if they were living there. So as far as finishes go and everything, it's really kind of intended as an end user home. Mm -hmm. uh, so the purchase of whoever will be coming in to purchase it um, will be getting something pretty extraordinary in terms of all the finishes and the type of products that we use throughout 
is um, again kind of the top level of what you'd want in a design home, but still feels very comfortable and inviting. All my designs kind of I think have a a warmth to them. Uh, I really I always say I mean a Nancy Meyer film you know is kind of like the dream for me. I want you to walk in and feel like you're a character within the, your own home in a way because uh, I want that energy to be flowing whether it's between your family or your friends. I really think a house should lend itself to make those experiences and feelings that much stronger by just the surroundings that you're living within. Mm-hmm. So when you had that dinner party and someone said you should be a designer, is there a specific Ryan, Ryan White aesthetic look and feel that you've continued to carry on in the past 13 years? You know, I always say it starts with the bones of the house. So if it's a Mediterranean, we would kind of develop a design scheme around that. Also, you know, with an emphasis of potentially what the clients are looking for. I will say I'm pretty lucky that clients come to me and kind of say, hey, look, we love your style. We love your sensibility. Tell us what we should do in a way. And then and then we have a natural progression where we start to have a good conversation back and forth of what they enjoy and what they like. Um but the, I think the idea about having just one style is always hard for me to answer because I, I think it is about, it's an all overarching um, ability mm. to make a space feel warm and inviting and very inclusive. I never want a f- space to feel sterile or cold. I want there to be a lot of layers. Um, but again, it depends on the architecture first and foremost. And then I think we develop the design, whether that's, you know, we start with the hard surfaces, materials, all of that first, and then we get into the soft furnishings to uh, add in those extra little layers. Um, but my, I think my overall take as a designer is, you know, I have a pretty, I have an Americana vibe to myself, but being, you know, being that I'm from Colorado, but being that I spent so much time in New York City and now so much time in Los Angeles, it's a very curated, cultivated sense mm-hmm. of design. How do you approach a new project? Um, well, many ways, I guess. Uh, I think there's a bit of a list uh, that I try to check off in terms of if it's the right fit, to be honest. Right. Um, I, I have said before, I, I could have 10 more projects going, I guess, at one time, if I was to take on everything that people were uh, wanting me to. But for me, it's, again, based first and foremost on the client themselves. And if I really feel like I want to spend some good time with them um, and then also just the, the project and the surroundings and the team that you're going to be working with, whether that's architects and landscape architects and the contractors, I'm pretty heavy handed in regards to the selection of most of those things. Um, again, a lot of times my clients will come to me and I build the team. So I will either hire out the architects. We have an architect on my staff as well. So we implement a lot of things in that realm. Um, we will hire the contractors and interview at least, you know, three to five potential fits and then, you know, move into landscape architecture as well. And same thing, we'd interview a couple of different firms because I think it really starts with kind of being almost the CEO of the project itself mm-hmm. and being able to have my hand in all of those kind of jars to make sure that it all really becomes very, very balanced 
and a really easy experience for my client at the end of the day. Because a lot of times they don't have the time or the knowledge to jump into that realm. So I like to be able to offer that as an additional, I guess, service on top of what we'd be doing anything design-wise. But we're really here to help steward and facilitate the project to not only get done on time, but you know, stay within budget. And then also look like there's a cohesiveness mm -hmm. to everything, even though there might be some major um, personalities, if you will, uh, you know, going into it. Because lots of times when you have designers, architects, landscapers, you want to make sure that there's, again, a good synergy between the team. And that's something that I think I do a pretty good job on uh, to make it really enjoyable for everyone. You need a cohesiveness there, I guess. Correct, do you, yeah. Do you like the collective environment? Do you collaborate a lot? Oh, yeah. I think that's one of the most exciting parts, really. I mean, and then again, but it's about finding the right collaborators. Right, the right fit. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I haven't I have had too many nightmare experiences uh, on that front, but there's been a few enough to make me say, okay, wait a minute. Like, I want to make sure that doesn't happen again. So right. we, uh, I found out pretty quick about kind of who's the right people to work with and also how to vet them in a way that... It's like, eh, you know, that's not really going to suit this project. And and then we just, you know, we find someone that will definitely work out better. So besides this current uh, project that you have in Malibu, what was the previous one that was the cherry on the top for you? Uh, well, so there's something that I finished recently that was totally different from what I'm used to doing. I'm used to working with, you know, very large budgets, very high net worth individuals and, mm. um and making it more solely based for that singular person or that family. Um, but I recently finished a project for a company, a charity called LA Room and Board. And they are honestly probably one of the, the best clients I've ever had because not only were they just exceptionally easy to work with because they really trusted my vision and my process, but they what they do is give free room and free meals to um, homeless youth and primarily homeless youth that is trying to further their education within whether that's going to a trade school or a community college or sometimes you know just a normal college but these kids are trying to do anything and everything to get to that next step but they don't have the means to pay rent and right. to pay for a car and then pay for school so they find themselves sleeping on couches, sleeping on the streets, um, crashing in multiple dwellings, like for a week here, a week there. And I don't know about you, but, you know, being in school is hard enough. But then having, you know, having to know where you're going to get your next bed and meal, I, I've never had to experience that. And um, I would, you know, I don't want anyone to experience that. So what they do is give... Uh, free and safe place for these kids to lay their heads at night, to have a community of people that continue to help inspire them as well as, again, give them three meals a day. So when I met the founder of that company, I wasn't quite sure what I was walking into, to be honest. Um, I had a lunch with a friend and he was saying, how's design going? How's everything going? And I said, you know, it's great. I'm, I'm really lucky. I love what I do. I love waking up every day feeling happy about the career I've chosen. But I do wish I could give back in some way. And I find it hard to understand how I can do that with my talents and my abilities. And he said, you know what? I, I, let's have a lunch with my friend Amanda 
the next day and let's just pick her brain because she's a big PR agent. I said, great. So that next day we had a lunch and right from the get-go, without us even saying anything to her, she said she was taking on a client, which happened to be LA Room and Board. Um, they were looking for a designer for this 17,000 square foot facility that they just had purchased in downtown and they need a designer. And I literally looked at my friend. I'm like, is, is this like a setup? Like what's happening here? You know? Um, and we, she said, why are you guys looking at each other like that? And I said, because the conversation we just had yesterday was purely based on wanting to give back and doing something like this. So I was kind of like clamoring, like, Oh, please like, let me meet with them. Let me see what it's about. Um, but at the time she didn't say how large the project was or give me much detail at all. So when I went down to meet the founder and I realized that they had just purchased this massive 50 bedroom, sorry, 40 bedroom, 30 bathroom facility that again was 17,000 square feet. I was walking through this place thinking, Oh my God, this is like a hotel. You know, this is a very big undertaking. Um, and, but in that moment I realized this is something that is a game changer for not only myself, but for the community. Um, and I'd be immensely, you know, kind of proud to be a part of it. So we started that journey. Um, we pretty much, you know, tore through every single part of that space and really made something that kind of rivals even a boutique hotel. You know, we really, really went the extra mile and I called in, as many favors as possible with all my vendors and any artists I've worked with in the past. And we were able to have a ton of people do things for free, you know, whether it be big murals or painting or lighting, you know, it was amazing. So um, that again, just finished. Uh, we had a beautiful, they had a big ceremony and the mayor of Los Angeles came and cut the ribbon. And it was a pretty, I, I don't even think I understood how big it was going to be, but it was a few hundred people and I was like, whoa, this is big. You know, this is a big deal. You know, people are really on board for this. And um, so then that's now just got, uh, we just got photographs and we actually just sent it over to a very big publication um, and fingers crossed that they are going to produce something for us in terms of a, a big feature. Um, Cause I think it just, it, it's worth it, you know, just to get the word out about this. Cause there's no reason that these type of facilities should, you know, be having children or anyone live in a place that's just a bunch of white walls. You know, I mean, that's great that they have a free place to live, but why not allow them to feel motivated and kind of develop their sensibilities in a setting that really uh, is applied through the design element? Um, yeah, it's so conducive yeah. of where they need to be and set their own path to success and it gives them that. I guess that boundary of home and comfortable and safe. Absolutely. You know, and again, like I know for me personally, living in my own environment is, you know, I get inspired by the things that are around me. So I could only imagine that someone who's living on the street or on a sofa, you know, yes, they're feeling comfortable because it's a safe bed, but why wouldn't they want to sit in a beautiful courtyard and do their work or sit in a study lounge? We built out, we built out a whole podcast room we built out a barber shop. So these kids, they have people come in weekly to do all their, you know, barber needs. Um, and there's a amazing gourmet kitchen we've done and a sunroom and a theater room. And we did all these things to just allow them to kind of escape in a good way and take a break from life. Um, 
but as well as be able to accelerate their kind of um, sensibilities while they're in that environment. Take another element of on the shoulder gorilla and in the struggles of life away from them so they can enjoy where they need to go. What's the age demographic of a... So it's anyone from around, I think the youngest they have, I think, is 17. um, And then it goes up until like around the late 20s. But some of these kids are also just phasing out of the foster care system because as you know, I'm sure at 18, you just kind of get signed over to, Mm. to no one, right? So at 18... Uh, I mean, at 18, I was barely a functioning person, you know, so (laughs) I think to think that like at 18, you're just cut off from the state, you know, and left to your own defenses is, is quite disheartening. Uh, So again, they do try to help that element of any sort of, you know, child in the foster care system too, that is just looking to get on their feet a bit. And like I said, they have great mentorships and staff there that help guide them to just getting their first job or taking, you know, some taking a test or actually how to dress for an interview. Um, they were the other day I popped down there for something and they had a whole, uh, photo crew there and they were doing a bunch of kids headshots for LinkedIn. And again, like simple things like that, that you and I completely would take for granted, like, Oh, I'll, get a, a headshot and put it up on LinkedIn. Like this is stuff that these kids wish just wouldn't know how to do or have the resources to do that. So these are the things that LA room board is constantly doing on a weekly basis to just help propel these, you know, students and to having some sort of a, a, a touch of an upper hand, you know, if you will, to give them a little bit of balance and uh, grace in that regard. Also a little bit of normalcy, I guess. Also. Yeah. Were any of the youth part of your design process? Did you interact with them prior? You know, it's it's interesting. I didn't because no one was. They were. They had two other facilities. Uh, this was their newest facility. Um, so it it wasn't. They wanted the students to come in at the very you know beginning or the oh, end of it all, real. right? <laughs> like a big move that bus right. kind of moment, right? And that to me was probably one of, if not the most exceptional moments. I definitely got tearied a few times uh, as we were, you know, announcing this and we had that large party just to see some of these kids walk through and their eyes were just like over the moon, you know, and that to me was like, and they didn't know who I was, most of them either. So when I would start talking to some of them, like, oh, you know, what do you think? How's it, how is this like for you? Would you be comfortable here? And to hear just the sentiments of what really it meant to them without them even, like I said, implying something on me being the one who designed it. Mm. It was just pure straight from the heart of like what this meant and uh, what this is going to mean for them moving forward. Uh, That to this day, like I said, is a moment that I'll never forget. um, And something that I hope to repeat time and time again, we're trying to find other locations and continue to raise money to, make sure that this can be something that we can achieve, you know, for years to come. Once they found out who you were and that you actually designed this, were there any uh, youth that want to get into the design industry that you could potentially uh, mentor? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to Sam, the founder about that uh, again, a few weeks back. And I said, Hey, I'd love to do, because he had said, you know, there's some kids that keep asking about certain design elements. And I said, I would love to like impart anything on them, you know? And 
So we're going to set up some sort of a little mentorship of sorts where I'll go in and anyone who would like to be a part of it can, like I said, ask any sort of questions and or just allow me to speak upon the process of how we even decided on a lot of these things, whether it be from the color palettes or the built-ins and just the energy that I want to create in the environment. Um, and I do hope that that leads some of them to want to take on a role in the architecture or design community. And mm -hmm. hopefully they can work with me and, you know, have some internships or I can pass them along to other people that would be willing to, you know, kind of help that process as well. Well, what you did, Ryan, was incredible and it's much needed. And hopefully <laughs> it will inspire other designers or people in the industry to get involved. And sure. Get back. So are you basically uh, residential or do you do commercial as well? So I really stuck to residential for most of my career. I did a large PR firm a few years ago. Um, and then, you know, this project, like I said, was it felt like we did a, like a hotel, a boutique hotel in a way. Um, but that's kind of where my path has led me so far. I mean, I would I would welcome, I guess, you know, commercial projects. Um, again, it's all about like I said, the right fit between me and the clients and the team that's being built out. Um, I also have a product line that has taken up an exceeding amount of my time. Um, and unfortunately, I am only one human. Um, so between my design firm and my, art, my, um, my product line that we launched a little over a year and a half ago, uh, it's, it's a balancing act, you know, trying to find, you know, the balance to give energy to both. But, uh, yeah. Tell, tell us about your product line. What made, yeah. what, made, what made you go in that direction? You're already doing design, you're giving your time back and now you're doing a product line Man about yeah. everywhere. <laughs> well, you know, I just felt like you got one life to live. Right. right. So, uh, no, I think it was a, again, a, a beautiful kind of just, it was very, um, I guess, a good synergy of events that transpired. And I have two business partners in my product line. So the company name is Vast Studio. Mm -hmm. uh, we make concrete bathtubs and sinks. And then we cast them in either uh, textured concretes, plaster, or metal. And uh, these guys were working on this in a kind of a different scale. They were doing really large bars and really beautiful like brass walls in high-end residential projects and also restaurants. And so when I met them, um, we were almost just chatting as friends about what we do in the world of our design community. Um, and they were looking to maybe get into some sort of product. Um, and tubs and sinks was something that they were kind of embarking on. Mm -hmm. And they discussed maybe, hey, do you want to do a product, uh, uh, furniture line with our technology? And as I sat about it, I was like, no, I feel like there's not a big white space for that, you know, but tubs and sinks, there is a big white space, or at least there was in my mind, mm -hmm. um, for something architecturally significant and really just, I, it's kind of, I wanted the thought process to be to design your bathroom around the bath versus the other way around where designers just kind of stick in a white bathtub at the end right. of the project or the end of the design process. So we really think about it internally as designing the bathroom around the bath and that these are functional pieces of art. So um, as much as some people love taking tubs, lots of people don't, you know, but they need a tub because it's an element of the bathroom. So why not make it a statement, you know, um, and like I said, more of a functional piece of art. 
So once we started chatting a bit back and forth with one another, we decided there were some really, really nice synergies. One of them, well, both of them handle a lot of the production. One of them is a bit more of the, our financial uh, backer. And then I, you know, really uh, steward a lot of our, any of the creative direction, um, social media aspects, sales, um, and just kind of keep everyone rounded and keep everything moving within the production. Um, I signed on as creative director and then you, you know, quickly learn that when you're the owner of a business, your hands are in everything, you know, many, many, many hats. Um, and so, but it's been a really, really fun learning experience. Cause like I said earlier, you know, I think of myself as much as an artist as I do as, as a business person. So to take this challenge on, um, has been very exciting. So we worked together for about two and a half years, developing everything, getting everything really uh, solidified over here in the U.S. All of our products are made in Los Angeles. Um, And then we launched a little over a year and a half ago, which has been, again, something so exciting. And I never thought, well, I did think this, actually. (laughs) Um, I thought we'd be here, you know, and I hoped we'd be here. But and uh, but now our very first client was the very first tub we sold physically got payment for a tub was from Miley Cyrus, which was a fun, just exciting way to kind right. of launch the brand. And that was featured in Architectural Digest. And her designer um, is the one who stewarded that, which I will forever be grateful uh, for that. <laughs> Say that again. Good PR. Great PR. Yeah. And then, you know, things kind of kept trickling on that front and we've now had multiple features in architectural digest we've done a couple stints and filming with hgtv uh with a really fun designer called allison victoria um leanne ford who also has a lot of programming on hgtv she's purchased many tubs so it's those are like the fun little pr moments you know Mm -hmm. and then we also have just really really amazing exceptional design firms and architecture firms using our products as well as hotels for hospitality. We're going into some of the new one hotels and we're working with the, uh, the Amman over in Utah for some, a lot of residences they're doing out there. And just, it's, it's always exciting when you see people come over and ask questions that I've admired for so many years, you know, right. and then now they're coming to me saying, Hey, I saw what you posted on your social media or, a lot of times it's me just sending a DM to a lot of these people and saying, hey, I don't know if you know who I am, but I know who you are and I love following you and I have this product line now. I'd love to introduce you. And I have to say that rate of return is pretty exceptional. Like a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of people respond to those DMs because I think they are happy that they're hearing straight from like the owner of the company versus like a salesperson, you know, kind of trying to sell them something. I will say we just hired our first salesperson, which I couldn't be more excited about. Uh, she, worked at, <laughs> she worked at Waterworks for 15 years. She's fantastic. And I think she's going to do wonderful things for us. But I think for that initial year and a half onset, and even still to this day, me reaching out and being that point person, it just means something more than, again, a standard kind of sales rep. So uh, that is something that, again, is very, very, very exciting. And we just launched our new online website which we sell everything uh through the website now it's all very 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 easy to purchase and easy net to navigate so that's vaststudio.com and the company's name the ethos of it you know vast being 
the word of just being able to do anything, you know, it's just kind of, again, how we think of our, um, our brand DNA, anything in the world of concretes, plasters and metals is we can do, you know? So the idea of it being vast, you know, is, uh, quite, um, I don't know. It just has a good, uh, synergy to it. So that's, like I said, that's something that takes up a lot of my time. Um, (laughs) and juggling there, (laughs) juggling a lot. It's always funny. I say like, you know how actors moonlight or, you know, they have their, um, the job that pays the bills, you know, whether right. they're a waiter or doing something like that. Like I always joke that I'm moonlighting as a designer, you know, with like multi-million dollar <laughs> projects just to like keep my life going. And then I have Vast, which is something that I hope one day soon takes over to where that could be my full time and uh, career in that aspect. But for now, it is juggling the both just to make sure that, uh, you know, the resources are there. <laughs> How many items are in the product line? We have six tubs and six sinks. So essentially six vessels of each mm-hmm. uh, tub and sink. And then we've got about uh, 14 uh, finishes. So like I said, we have a, we have an elevated concrete is what we call it. And the outside is a bit more of a really beautiful plaster finish. Um, and then we have a textured concretes that are multi- multiple colors and then we've got metals that are either smooth or, again, a textured metal. So that could be brass, black iron, silver. Um, and so we kind of run, the like, again, the gamut of what you might want for a project. And there's some things that are a bit more flashy, again, like the brass, per mm-hmm. se. But then with this really, really beautiful elevated concrete, we have a bone color, a gray, a black, and an earth brown. And those tend to lend itself to something if people wanted to just really feel like it's making a presence, but without maybe overshadowing other elements in the bathroom. Um, so I feel proud that we kind of have uh, the ability to kind of fit into a lot of different design schemes, whether it's traditional, um, you know, super modern, contemporary. We really do believe that we have we've kind of um, allowed ourselves to play in the world of a lot of different design aesthetics without being too overwhelming either, because I think that's something that people get in trouble with a lot of times with product lines. They offer a hundred different colors, a million different shapes. And it's like, you know what? Like you should be able to trust us in terms of like the brand of what works in the project. And between our six tubs and our 15 colors, you're going to have something fantastic, you know, and you don't need to rack your brain with, like I said, 55 different colors and 70 different shapes of a tub. Like it's just not necessary. Uh, Good design is good design. And there's, it's a limited amount of good design, you know, so we don't need you to spin your wheels thinking about again, 700 different options. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Are you direct to retail? Are you wholesale? And, so yeah, we do direct to consumer through the website. So anyone can go and purchase it. We have, we have a really great trade and distribution program. Um, so we offer trade discounts to you know architects, designers, builders. And then we also have a distribution platform. And we're actually going, our first distributor is Perch, um, which is a really high-end plumbing retailer. And we are launching, they have seven locations in Southern California, which is all of their locations. And we're doing our first rollout with them going into all seven stores. So we're doing a lot of really beautiful displays as we speak. We're building them all out. 
Uh, so we'll have our products as well as our materials like on the wall of the displays. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're doing a few window displays for them, which will be rotating quarterly throughout the seven different showrooms. So this is a, it's a big step for us, you know, because we tried to, we've been asked to be in distribution since the day we launched, but for me personally, I wanted to keep our brand identity uh, a little bit close to the vest. Um, I didn't want to just be another tub in a graveyard of tubs, you know, sitting at some massive distributor. So for me, it's very important in, in terms of any distribution we go into that it is branded. It is very vast, you know, centric because I want the consumer to walk in and say, oh, I get it. Like, that's vast. That's what I want. This is perfect for our home mm-hmm. um, and easy for the designer to also explain to the client, you know, because that can also sometimes be a challenge. Um, so I think our intro, like the entry to Perch will be beautiful. And then we're having some really beautiful discussions with a very, very big brand overseas uh, in Europe that I probably cannot say the name of at this point, but we are very excited because I think they are going to be potentially acting as our distributor. Um, and they make all, all they make, not all they make, but they make taps, right? So they make all the faucets and showers, but they don't have a line of tubs and sinks. So to be aligned with them, they're a 200 year old company. They know what they're doing, you know? And so for us to be able to uh, kind of jump on board with them and, have them steer us in the right direction to get our products over into Europe. My business partners, two of them, well, both of them, they're both British as well. So it's kind of fun. I met the CEO of this company at an event. We started chatting. He didn't know who I was. I didn't know who he was. And one thing led to another. And I was like, wait a minute, like this could be really amazing. You know, like we could do some really good stuff here. So that's something that's also exciting for us to see how you know that appeals to a different market we've sold things to europe on our own Mm -hmm. so we know that there's a desire for it but to be able to like i said be in alignment with a company that's been doing it for such a long time um i think will be uh something really really special for hopefully years to come so how do you balance your time well (laughs) (laughs) it's uh do you keep sleep (laughs) <laughs> I, something I talked to my therapist about in length. Uh, no, who am I kidding? I don't have time for therapy. Uh, you know, I, I, I will say, I, I stopped drinking um, three years ago. Uh, not for uh, any other reasons than it was just it was a as a choice, right? Um, I didn't have an addiction or anything like that, which. Um, it's equally important if people need to stop for that reason, but there was something that just wasn't working in my world, um, drinking and, uh, and, and, and then trying to run at all cylinders. So it was causing me just an immense amount of anxiety. Um, and since that moment in my time where I decided to cut that out, it does free up so much more time because you're, you are just like, you know, ready to go. Like when you wake up and, I'm not saying you, you know, you can drink and still be very productive, I'm sure. But for me personally, um, that's been a very, 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 I don't know, beneficial part of this aspect. And it's allowed me to have more time and more energy to focus on things that truly inspire me and really matter. And I want to, you know, I want to make something, a legacy in this world and with what I do. So 
it's one thing to design an, an amazing, incredible home. It's something else to be able to say, you know, I gave back. I was able to help steward something with this great foundation. I was able to build a product line that will be able to be run for years and years and years to come. Like that stuff to me takes it to another level of just purpose in life. And I think that that's exciting. It's serving your life well, I think. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe... Maybe I'll get a podcast one day too. There you know. You go. So okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've, you know, now this is my first entry. Uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. But you know, I love I love entertainment. You know, I would love the idea. I've been you know positioned in certain moments for doing different shows and things like that, like being the designer on different networks. And uh, I think because of my background in you know acting and the modeling world, like. I, I feel very comfortable with that kind of, um, and then even being able to do these things with HGTV for vast, um, it's just fun. You know, I like mm -hmm. that stuff. So, uh, I guess that's my, that's my elevator pitch for anyone listening. Um, you know, that, <laughs> that, that is something that would be really fun. You know, I think even building out this, building a show around building vast would be exciting, you know, because it's, there's so many things that go into building a brand, let alone, so many a, a new brand yeah and a design brand and then also balancing like i have a full career to make sure i can keep building the brand you know there's right. so many things that go on day in day out that i actually think would be quite interesting as a viewer you know um so let me just i guess let me just add that to the list too um <laughs> <laughs> why not so we'll see we'll see well what motivates inspire inspires you ryan um you know I'm very, very, very visual, uh, which I guess most designers mo would, yeah, would be. A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You know, I think for me, I also grew up in a very, like, a, a world that was um, difficult in the aspect of I, I am severely dyslexic. I, I joke around that I can barely spell my own name. You know, it's like I'm very, very uh, right-brained, you know, so I can't. For me, the idea of going this traditional path of school and studies and all that stuff, it just, I tried, but it was mm -hmm. not clicking. It just, my brain doesn't work like that. My brain works by doing, by, I guess, applying things in a way that I can see it and achieve it. Um, so I think if I'm being inspired or what inspires me, it's just the daily routine of my life. You know, like I have to feel like, the things that I'm putting out there and the things that I'm doing are not only benefiting myself, but hopefully benefiting others, which is, I guess, why design works well for me, because I do feel like I'm benefiting my clients or anyone that I'm able to bring into the fold, uh, different artisans and things like that. So I think I'm just inspired by the actual collaboration of how the business of design works. Um, and, I, and that took me many years to understand that there's a real business behind design. I think yeah. at the beginning, I thought... <laughs> Oh, it's just so much fun and like it just you're making beautiful. It just happens. Yes, you know, like you're making beautiful houses, and then you pretty, you realize pretty quickly that if you don't have the business alignment, things will get off track very, very, very quickly. Right. Um, and I can't tell you how many people I know that are immensely creative, like have more creativity in their pinky than I do in my own body, but they don't have the design ability. Or sorry, they don't have the uh, business ability. So if you can't harness your creativity and put that into some sort of a business model, um, a plan, a, you know, set some goals and, and stick to it, right. then you're just kind of 
you're like that guy on the side of the road, like at the car washes, just like floundering around, you know, <laughs> like that's what I think a lot of my designer friends uh, can be like at times. And you got to be able to stand on solid ground, you know, and just really achieve things. And um, for me too, like having a great team behind me, whether that's my senior designers or assistants, I mean, I rely on that because I'm, like I said, I'm not skilled in the, in the aspect of being able to like write very businessy emails. And uh, I rely on people to help me with that. And I, like I said, I've gotten a lot better over the years, but I'm the guy who speaks every single, every email, every text you'd ever get from me, I'm dictating it into my phone. I'm like that weirdo at the grocery store, like talking, <laughs> talking to his phone, you know, and, and if I didn't do that, you know, it would be a disaster because things would be totally discombobulated and not spelled correctly. Um, <laughs> and I'm a big proponent of voice memos, which I think a lot of my staff wants to kill me because I send these voice memos. I try to keep them under a minute, but sometimes it's impossible. And uh, I just, I think it's like a quick way to like get your point across and by sending a voice note. But uh, that's just, like I said, it's just what works for my brain. Do you think you take challenges and risk in your design and creativity? I think I'm always taking risks and challenges. And I think that's why I'm, I guess, where I'm at today. Um, and to that point, there's been many times where I was like, I cannot do that. I'm absolutely not going to, because I was so fear-based, right? right? And then um, I remember the very first big project I had in Beverly Hills, I walked someone through that project with me before I signed that I was going to do it. And I just looked up at this house and I was like, and it had to be gutted. And, you know, it was a big, big, big project. And then I was like, I, I can't do it. Like, I just can't. This is over my head, over my pay grade. I need to let them know that, you know, it's, it, I guess I have imposter syndrome, right? So <laughs> I was just very much like, I can't. And that person looked at me and said, you, look, look what you did with this Malibu project. That was the very first one I did. Mm -hmm. Look what you've done with other things, you know, from that point forward. This is a big change and a big chapter, but you have to just embrace the fear and just jump through it or you'll not ever grow, you know? And, and I remember thinking like, is this guy right? <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, but I said, okay, I guess I'll jump, you know? And then cut to that project, you know, turned out fantastic. And I ended up getting published on a cover of a magazine. And so I think, all these things in life have led me to this place of like, if you're not fearful, then you're probably not doing something right. You know, like I think you do want to have the little bit of the fear in the belly to get you to say like, this means I'm pushing myself and this means I'm growing. Um, so yeah, I do. I think I take challenges and risks all the time. What What's next for you? I mean, you got so much on your plate now and again, congratulations on uh, LA room and board. What's Thank next you. for Ryan White? Well, I'll probably get married. And no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, I think what's next is really harnessing this uh, this next chapter of Vast. I think um, this big Malibu project, like I said, is a bit of a game changer. I do think it will open up some other large doors within the design side of my brand. Uh, which I will continue to grow, and I, I'm very excited about that. But I want to see Vast hit a mark that is to a level of exceeding all my expectations and others. You know, I really do want to. I don't. I set out 
not wanting to be like an actual, um, you know, bespoke line where we're just doing one-offs, you know, that that's, that's all good and well for some people. And, and it's a good business in, in at certain aspects, but I want this to be kind of a household name, you know, whether it's like a waterworks or, you know, even restoration, you know, I think we have the ability to move. We're, we're, we started in tubs and sinks, but we have the ability to do a lot of other avenues, whether it be outdoor furniture or wall panels and, you know, things that could build the brand into an even bigger uh, alignment. And uh, that's going to take a lot of time and resources, you know, to like give that. So my, my goal is to continue to just push as hard as I can while keeping a balance. I really do. I'm, I would say at this point in time, I'm, I'm fine finding the balance. You know, I'm trying, I know I have a lot on my plate. I know there's a lot coming at me, but I'm still trying to enjoy life too, you know, and not just be so all consumed with work and, putting the phone down and, you know, just uh, getting recharged, I guess, because mm-hmm. we can all deplete the battery so quickly. And then it's just, and then the battery's just low, 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 yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, I need to plug in like the iPhone, you know, and just like plug me up, you know? Um, so I try to replug myself. Um, and as long as I think I can keep that balance, then I think the, honestly, the possibilities are really endless for, for everything in my life. So do you sit in your own tub and create tubs? <laughs> uh, I love a tub moment. You know, I love a, <laughs> a beautiful kind of meditative uh, uh, experience in that atmosphere. Also, like we do cold plunge tubs with our pools too, which, are, you know, cold plunges mm-hmm. have become so increasingly popular. Um, I actually am trying to get a hold of there's a company called plunge and they are, I think kind of the biggest in the company when it comes to cold plunge. So I'd love to like collaborate with them and do some, you know, vast studio with plunge or something and do like a really amazing, uh, actual plunge tub with them for those cold plunge moments. And I also think that like us being able to facilitate other collabs with companies is very exciting too, you know? So, um, I'm talking with a company called Concrete Collaborative that does a lot of really amazing um, like tiles and all this kind of fun, very, very like colorful stuff. But I think if we did some one-offs with companies like that that already have a really big following in their industry, it could be a really good synergy within one and with for each other. Um, and then we've you know had the idea of even collaborating with like high-end brands, whether that be like Gucci or Louis Vuitton or something. And mm-hmm. we have the ability to do embossed kind of stuff around our metals. So you know to do a an LV embossed tub or something would be quite <laughs> quite exciting. You know, so I think that there's just I think there's just so much possibility in this category. Um, and like I said earlier, there was definitely a white space for right. a brand that is seeing the tub environment um, as something that can be, you know, not just like relaxing, but it can be sensual, it can be meditative, it can, you know, it can just be a lot of things that all of us would like to achieve on our daily routine. Um, And then even just visually stimulating, you know, like, like I said, some people don't take bathtubs, but to have that tub in your primary bathroom and be able to be kind of inspired by walking by it every day. Like, why not? You know, like we do it with, we do it with other art pieces. So why would you, you know, want to settle for something subpar when you could get something really amazing? 
Yeah, it could be functional and it could be very artistic and a focal point. Yeah, exactly. So in the last 13 years of your your career, is there anything that you can see that I'll do that again? I'd love to repeat that project and others that you like, never again, never again. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, like I said, LA Room and Board, I hope to continue to repeat you know, and work with them. And I really do hope we can find some other great facilities. Um, I think the idea of this Malibu project being that it's been an A to Z kind of environment with, with the architecture and uh, design all coming from our side. Um, I, I love that process. I do. I think it's almost, it'd be hard for me at this point to like, if someone called me up and said, Hey, I have this house. I just want you to furnish it. You know, I, I think I would do it if it was like the, the right thing, but it's got, it doesn't have as much excitement around it. You know, I really have enjoyed the process of hiring the team and overseeing a lot of it. I think that that is just really fulfilling. Um, maybe one day I'll just do it all for myself. You know, uh, that might be a fun goal. Uh, if vast, you know, when that kind of takes off even more, I think the idea of buying properties to then really redo them on my own right. and then sell them, you know, it could be great. I've worked once with, uh, a partner and we did a really cool development project in Los Feliz. That was very fun. Um, but it doesn't work really unless you have, you know, a, a very large amount of money in my mind. Like it's to make the returns. It's mm. for like the 1 million, 2 million, $3 million house. It's hard to really make a good you know number off those. So right. you kind of got to really go for it if you're going to do it. Um, and that just requires a bit more capital. Um, and you know, capital that I plan to have one day very soon um, to be able to like maybe embark on that. But even this Malibu thing, I think I, I could definitely see developers now coming to us saying, wow, like what you were able to achieve on this property is something that we would love to do. And we love the idea of it not feeling like a developer property, you know, because I think that's where a lot of these people hit the home runs, you know, is when they literally are, it's kind of, I don't know if you're familiar with Sandy Gallen, but he was an amazing amazing designer and you know had done a lot of beautiful stuff in the world of design and he basically did his houses like the whole model of just bring your toothbrush you know so people would just buy the houses furnished towels everything turnkey. you know turnkey the playlist going you know and like i said just bring your toothbrush so that's the stuff that kind of inspires me i guess more or less because i i do believe that we really create an environment for our clients not just a beautiful home but we're like I said, also about the Nancy Meyer film, I, I feel like when you walk into a house we've done, you feel like you're walking into the film of some sort because all that energy is there. So. so as a creative visionary, I'm sure you have a long list of things you want to achieve. What's next on your achievement list besides everything that you've done and inspired to do and continue forward with? What's on your, your hit list? You know, I think on my list of things that I'd want to, uh, I don't know, kind of push for or achieve. Um, short, short term and long term. Yeah. Short term, I'd say is definitely, I, again, and this isn't really regarding design or career. It's just, it's finding a balance, you know, and I think that that's so imperative to be successful. So I'm trying to make sure that that is at the forefront of my mind every day. Um, but I think the ability to like continue to just be open 
to other things that come into my life is something that I think is is beautiful because I think a lot of us can get overwhelmed by the immense uh, pressure or again a lot of things that are already happening. But I'd like to say that I'm still. If someone came to me tomorrow with the most amazing idea uh, and said you we think you'd be a great fit for this or vice versa. I said to someone, Hey, you know what? I think I could do this with you. And that would be exceptional. I would, I would see if I could take it on, you know, cause mm. I don't think any of us should be beholden to just one or two or three kind of career paths. You know, there could be something tomorrow that opens up that is just the path that is now my, my new, my new re- reality, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that is, that would be short term and long term is just to stay open to all of these things that come my way. Just like when I was an actor and a model, I never thought in my wildest dreams that I'd be designing $25 million houses, <laughs> you know, like I never thought that ever. Right. And like I said, it's not like I went to school for design or anything, but I was open to someone saying, Hey, we see something in you. We think you have a talent. And I jumped, you know, to do that, mm-hmm. which, uh, again, at that time was a big deal, you know, and then, but now being at a career and at a level where we're doing these 25, $30 million properties, that is again, something I never could have thought of in my wildest dreams, especially coming from a smaller ish town in Colorado and then a university like Montana. I was, I, I honestly thought in college that I was destined for, like nothing, like really. And that's, I feel sad saying that, but like, I felt, I really did. I felt like, I felt like there's no way in this world that I'm going to be able to be successful because my trajectory of learning wasn't fitting like the landscape of how it was being told that I had to learn. So by, you know, opening a book and reading and all these things, this is how you learn. This is how you grow. This is how you become successful. And I failed at every single juncture of that. Like I graduated with a 2.4 grade point average and got into one school, which was University of Montana, probably because I was paying out of state tuition. And, you know, I, I was at two years of university and I did not pass a single class in two years. And I remember my mom being like, okay, we got to figure this out. You know, like, you, you can't, not, <laughs> yeah, you can't just be paying all this money and not pass classes. So it was a godsend that again, I was kind of given the opportunity by a large agency to then go move to New York at 19 and start that career path. But again, even that moment in my life was just being open to something different and trusting whether, whether you want to call it God or the universe or whoever, but like I trusted that there was some sort of a higher power that was Mm -hmm. going to guide me because I knew that what I was seeing with my kind of, you know, goggles on was one way and one way only, you know, and, and to be honest, no one around me was telling me that it could be done in any other way. So, but I trusted that there was some kind of outcome that was going to be, I don't know, I guess going to be more aligned to the way that I was supposed to navigate this world. Um, And, you know, by able by being able to like, just say, I can like jump and be open to these things is now what led me to hear you know, from being an actor and a model to then being a designer to now being an owner of a large product line. Like, who knows what that next thing's going to be, you know? Um, so we'll see. A book? A book? <laughs> a podcast? podcast host. Yeah. <laughs> a podcast, a TV show. You know, you know, I think 
all those things are stuff that would be really on my, you know, short list of things that I would give a lot of thought to. Um, and honestly feel like I'd have a lot of fun doing it because I feel like it's something that I have a bit of a, I don't know, an act for, but also something that makes me feel excited. So it's interesting that you made it going back to your comment that because Douglas Friedman and two other designers that I've spoken to all said, well, yeah, we never thought we'd amount to anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're the hugely successful people in their industry and, and what they do. So, yeah. Well, that's interesting. I know Douglas. I'll have to give him a ring and say, Hey, look, (laughs) but we both thought we were going to not amount to anything and look at us now. Yeah, Um, exactly. (laughs) The proof is there. uh, Yeah. I think again, yeah. Right. And I think a lot of creatives probably struggle with that because the way that creatives learn is again, very different than what Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of taught that way that you're, that you should learn. So, I think, yeah, if anything, um, it, even me saying that makes me realize that I need to continue to support myself, you know, to say, hey, look, like, you don't have to beat to anyone else's drum. You know, this is, this is your life. This is your world. And this is, you're, you got to figure it out on what works for you. And that's also something that I think is very powerful is that no one's going to do anything for you. You might be led to the water, right? But you have to drink. So, like there's been many times in my life that I, if I didn't really do it on my own and push for it, it just never would have happened, you know? And there's probably circumstances where I probably could have tried something and I was too fearful, you know, and I, and it didn't happen, you know? So I think anyone, you know, kind of, I guess, going through something similar, I think if anything, it's just imparting that you really should just like take the leap because if you fail, what's the worst thing? I mean, obviously we all, grow from our failures and learn from our failures. So, um, and that's just going to propel you to like the next thing that will ultimately make you successful. So, well, Ryan, I appreciate your time today. It's been a pure joy chatting with you. Any closing comments you you want to add? Well, I do think that you and I might just have to start our own podcast together. Um, (laughs) no, I, no, I wanted to really honestly just say thank you so much for taking the time. I, was happy and honored to even think that someone would want to take the time to listen to like a touch of my, you know, story. So thank you for taking the time and, you know, giving me the platform to do that. I really appreciate it. That's very, very, very nice of you. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Anytime, anytime. Can always come back. You can always fill in, you you know, totally. I I need some downtime. Well, sir, uh, enjoy your day and thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Okay.